Hi guys, 10th of March, just a quick roundup of our various sub-regions. Today, it's been a busy day in East Asia Pacific. We've had 31 other developments plus one assessed event. And of course, a very busy day in the deteriorating situation that is Myanmar. Again, I won't cover Myanmar for the clients that have a specific interest contact us to get our um, daily reports. In Indonesia today, um, we note that a truck driver strike is ongoing in the eastern central Java. Um, basically, they've said they'll also protest tomorrow in Surabaya at the East Java Governor's Office. Hundreds of truck drivers will protest at the central um, Java Governor's Office in Samarang tomorrow. Truck drivers are demonstrating against the ban of over-dimension overloading and stating they can't afford to um, modify their vehicles and a couple of other things in East Asia Pacific, in Hong Kong, in North Asia. It recorded just under 59,000 new COVID cases and 195 deaths. In Japan, uh, Toyota Motor Corp yesterday agreed to fully meet the salary and bonus demands put forward by its labor union. And while this, of course, isn't nepotism or price controlling, Nissan and Honda are also planning to offer salary and bonus hikes demanded by their labor unions. In Mongolia, Rio Tinto is working to maintain supplies for its Mongolian copper operations from Russia and other countries. Like most astute long-term uh, minded companies, it is developing uh, an ability to maintain its supply lines necessary um, and thus it basically can't stop buying from Russia altogether. In North Korea, Supreme Leader Kim Jong-il said the country will launch a number of reconnaissance satellites. These are to provide real-time information on military actions by the US and its allies. And in South Korea, um, there's some very interesting developments. We're currently working on an assessment whereby there is a change in government and the newly elected um, president of the country uh, does seem to change the status quo, particularly in terms of wanting to take away um, the acceptable working week of 52 hours. So people with a footprint in South Korea uh, need to closely monitor it. But, probably more importantly, get in touch with us. And if you haven't already procured, procure our assessments because that one there is of particular concern to companies operating in South Korea. Over to you in the studio, Margo, ready? Thank you, Paul. So with that, we'll move on to South Asia uh, there. Can you please bring us up to speed about the elections in India? Apparently there are quite a few developments there, especially the most controversial one being electronic voting machines. Sure, Bhargav. Uh, so I'll just start off with a roundup of South Asia. Uh, we covered one major development and assessed nine other events today. So 50 people were injured in clashes in Bangladesh across the country. This is clashes between the Awami League and Bangladesh Nationalist Party. It's more of the same. Uh, I want to bring up Pakistan quickly. So it turns out last week's uh, suicide attack in Peshawar that killed 64 people at a mosque was by the Islamic State. And uh, the member was an Afghan national who was based in Pakistan. He traveled to Afghanistan for training and then came back and conducted the attack. Now, we've released uh, multiple assessments on what the Taliban takeover has meant for the security situation in South Asia and Central Asia. 
and uh, you can contact us for that. So yeah, Bhargav, back to the main topics in India. So to round up, the Bharatiya Janta Party is leading in the Goa, Manipur, Uttar Pradesh, and Uttarakhand elections. And Punjab is, in Punjab, the Ahmadmi Party is leading. So uh, back to Uttar Pradesh, Bhargav, there's been some talk about EVM manipulation, electronic voting machine manipulation, and there was even a alleged theft of an EVM machine in an area. Uh, the results are mostly expected, but uh, I think what's shocking here for the main opposition party, the Congress, is their complete loss in Punjab. And the Ahmadmi party has won its first state outside of Delhi. Bhargav, what do you want to add here? So there, I would say for businesses, especially in Uttar Pradesh, which is a major, uh, major economy in the north, uh, nearly three hundred billion dollars in GDP itself, uh, it's unlikely to change the status quo for businesses. And the incumbent Yogi-led government, Yogi, the chief minister, government is considered to be pro-business. So if he's coming back into power, at least in terms of business perception, uh, it's not going to change much. Uh, however, in Punjab, uh, it basically adds more to the AAP, Ahmadmi Party's reputation at the national level if they manage to capture one another state uh, other than uh, Delhi. Of course, Delhi is not a full-fledged state. It's a union territory. But given its importance, they did gain some amount of traction politically. So uh, with that, there uh, do you see any changes happening? in Uttar Pradesh specifically, because the other states are fairly small and businesses have very limited presence there. No, not really. And I'd go ahead and say for the 2024 elections, this kind of sets the plane. And, uh, you know, the Congress party will have to have a Tea Party look at itself. But with that, um, we're done for Southeast Asia and the Asia Pacific region. So that's a wrap from us. Thank you.